Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Scott Ellis began as a volunteer, just wanting to help organize the Great Lakes Bay Area LGBTQIA communities pride events. Today, he's the executive director of the Great Lakes Bay Pride. Great Lakes Bay Pride, formerly known as Perceptions, is the LGBTQIA education, advocacy, networking, and resource organization in Michigan's Great Lakes Bay region of Bay, Isabella, Midland, and Saginaw counties. Ellis brings his background in business and communications to the organization to develop its programming, including the Harmony Diversity Choir, Tobacco Cessation, and a transgender group. He also produces the Great Lakes Region Pride Festival celebration. After two years of celebrating Pride at Home, this year's Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival takes place Saturday, June 25th. It's the festival's 20th anniversary. The Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival is free to attend and open to all. Scott, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. Well, it's June and we are celebrating Pride all over the country and especially I'm talking about here in Michigan. My guest today is Scott. Ellis, Scott, how are you? Happy Pride. I'm doing well, Michelle. Thank you for having me today. Happy Pride. I know. it was. It's so great. Um, I know a lot of people, when they think of Pride in Michigan, they think of Motor City Pride, which is huge, down by the river and has been growing. I mean, there's Ferndale Pride, but we have more and more Prides popping up all over the state. But, you know, when I met you, it was through a pride banquet up in Saginaw with an organization called Perceptions. Perceptions has now grown and and changed the name. How did you get involved with Perceptions? Are you originally from the Saginaw area? I'm not. Uh, My story actually with with getting involved with Perceptions at the time, started back in 2016. I attended their uh, Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival that happened that year. It was the first time Perceptions had organized that event. And then um, later that fall, I came to be connected with the uh, organization's president at the time, Chris Lochner, and his husband, Greg Waltney, and uh, we got together because I had an idea for hosting a, a networking event for the LGBTQ plus community here in the Great Lakes Bay region, which, for those who don't know, uh, covers the counties of Bay, Saginaw, Midland, and Isabella. So we're sort of the mid-Michigan, just west of the Thumb area. And uh, I came to the, the organization to say, hey, it's been a, a, over a year now since the Mix nightclub in Saginaw had closed, which was really our last remaining venue for LGBTQ plus gatherings. And so I said, you know, can I host a mixer? I'll do all the planning, get it all set up, everything. And I just need you to, you know, promote this to the Perceptions audience. 
Mm. And uh, we, we talked about it. They said, yep, we'd love to do it. And so they just kind of, you know, let me run with it. And we had over 40 people at our first mixer that I hosted. I think it was in November of 2016. You know, I, I love that area. I mean, you know, and like I said, I was not, I grew up in the Metro Detroit area. And it was through a mutual friend of ours, Leo Romo, that I first came up there. And, I mean, it is a really cool, chill area. And like you said, like, it covers, like, three different um, counties. And since then, I've met a lot of people down here and that who I who oh, like, oh, I'm from Saginaw. Or I met people who were from Kalamazoo but grew up in Saginaw and like that. And do people, I mean, were you surprised? that the turnout when you started organizing these events? I, I was and I wasn't. So I have been, I, as I said earlier, I'm not from this area. I am from northern Michigan, a little tiny town called Atlanta. Uh, graduated with 27 people. And uh, I, I got introduced to this area because I went to school at Saginaw Valley. So I was there from uh, 2009 until 2014, and in that time, I started working in my my first career, which is, was in the maritime industry here in Bay County, and, uh, you know, got, got to know the community really well, got to know the broader region really well, and, you know, had not really been, had been kind of active in some things, but never directly involved with this organization uh, until I got to know them better in 2016. And that led to kind of everything else that's happened with my involvement in the organization over the past, it's been five years this year, uh, including being asked to serve on the board at, at uh, one point in time. I also pretty quickly after getting involved with the organization took over production and coordination of the Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival. So I've actually been doing it every year since 2017 here. So we're coming up on my my sixth time around uh, hosting wow. Pride Month events for this organization. Wow. So, you know, like I said, I've come up there. I mean... I went primarily for the banquet, you know. <laughs> Although since then I've made a visit to the Veterans Center, I've come up there and just sort of walked around, went to some of the different, very affirming organizations. I mean, I mean, and businesses. I mean, I've had great food up there. I've hung out up there. I love that area. Love perception. And then, but it started to grow. When... Did the idea of taking it from being perceptions to Great Lakes to Bay Pride come about? How did that transition happen? And is perceptions gone? In 2017, the organization received a grant from the Dow Foundation to conduct a needs assessment and gap analysis for LGBTQ plus programs and services happening in our region. So we started working with a local consulting firm to handle that, that needs assessment and subsequent strategic planning that went along uh, after that needs assessment was concluded. And we worked on that from 2017 uh, through 2018, so, so at least two years of work on that. When we finally concluded everything, we were looking at the information, which we got a ton of really great information from both stakeholders in our region. So these are other welcoming and affirming organizations, businesses, uh, you know, schools, universities and colleges, all of those different stakeholders. But we also did a lot of community interviews. So these are individuals who provided feedback to our consultants on this. And then they compiled and aggregated that data to come up with, you know, some actionable steps for us to take moving forward. So in 2019, uh, we were looking at all of that information, analyzing it, and part of our next steps was, it was identified, we need to become 
a more recognizable organization. We need to make sure that people are being connected to the resources that they need and that they know how to, how to get that information. We need to acknowledge that we are growing beyond the capacity of an all-volunteer organization, and we need to make some changes in how we're, how we're running in order to keep growing. And then, um, well, let me just start with the three of those things. So we, part of that strategic plan becoming more well-known and recognized was retiring the perceptions name and adopting this new name that recognized there were two kind of key aspects of it. Great Lakes Bay, which indicates the region that we serve. So in Michigan, uh -huh. we are all our four counties are recognized as the Great Lakes Bay region. And this is part of our economic development, things like that at the state level. So us, you know, adopting Great Lakes Bay Pride was recognizing what area we were in. And then it was adding pride, the well-known uh, you know, connection to the LGBTQ plus movement. And so it was combining those two things to create this organization that was more visible and recognizable. Perceptions did not necessarily indicate what the organization was or what we did. Okay. And that was something we struggled with for a long time, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing because 20 years ago, so we are celebrating 20 years in 2022. Uh, so, so, you know, prior to this, when we were operating as perceptions, it was almost intentional that it wasn't as out there and as recognizable because for over a decade, we operated very insularly. So we were focused on making sure people were safe and connected to other people in the LGBT community. But you kind of had to know somebody to get into the things. So you had to know, you know, and now 90% of the time, I'll bet you it was Leo Romo who was inviting <laughs> everybody to everything. Exactly. I, I know. And he's still doing that. Um, but, you know, you had to know someone. You had to get invited because we were not very public because it wasn't safe to be very public. So it, it was a little bit intentional that, you know, for a long time, about 15, 15 to 17 years of our existence, we were in the closet really as an organization because that meant keeping our, our members and the people involved with us safer in the community. So it was very intentional years ago when this organization took over the Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival. We made it bigger and better and grew it. We had to, the board at the time, and this was before my time, but they said, you know, we have to acknowledge that if we start doing all of this stuff that the community needs us to do, we, ha we are opening ourselves up. We are coming out of the closet and, and we have to recognize, you know, what's going to come along with that. We do think we're in a better place as a, as a community that it is more welcoming and inclusive, but we have to also be ready for backlash because we've kind of just been in the shadows to this point. And so they were very intentional about saying, you know, okay, we're going to make this leap. And, and honestly, it was exactly the right thing to do because our community needed us to do it and we as an organization needed to do it. And it's, it's um, been a beneficial decision ever since. You know, that is interesting that you said that. And, and in thinking about the people that I know, other than, you know, well, of course, we all know Leo, but many of the, of the people who were originally from Saginaw um, still love Saginaw, but had moved and been elsewhere. And part of the reason that they moved was like you were saying, it was like, well, loved it, but we were sort of closeted. We were, you know, mm -hmm. I, I loved it. My family loved me, but, um, you know, we were in... You know, it, was, it wasn't that kind of community where you weren't always sure how safe you were. And then, you know, and they come for pride, not for pride, for the perception things, but it was like, eh. And I didn't think of it as that. You know, I thought it was, I liked going to that. And like you said, like perceptions did not say that this is it. 
And so, I mean, that's bold. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like at a certain point, to not only say that we're here, we're queer, in a quiet way, like you guys were boldly saying, we're here, we're queer, not just for yourselves, but that acknowledging that your community was ready for that. Your community knew that there mm-hmm. were gay people up there, and they were ready to do that. Absolutely. And we, I recognize and acknowledge that we are still not at the point where we're as loud as we can be. And I think that, you know, with time, we'll continue to build on that voice and, and um, you know, become even bigger in the community. In the past two years, so as I was talking about the kind of strategic plan earlier, you know, one of those points that I made was the organization was outgrowing its capacity to operate solely on volunteer effort. And so that was another part of the strategic plan after updating the name to Great Lakes Bay Pride. Um, it was to bring on our first full-time employee and the board approached me and asked me to serve in this role. And that's how I became the organization's uh, second executive director. We had, we had someone previously who was a volunteer, but I'm the first full-time paid executive director to serve this organization. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, we, we knew that we just needed to add, build capacity because you can only, you know, we ran for 17 years on volunteers alone, which is incredible and, and shows just how dedicated those folks were and, and still are uh, to this organization because they, they kept it going for so long um, because they believed in, in the mission and they believed that what we were doing was the right thing for our LGBTQ community here in the region and, and across the state. In the past two years, we've also increased the amount of participation that we're having and, and presence, not only locally here, but at the statewide and the national level. I mean, we're involved with things now um, I, I actually co-founded and, and co-lead the Michigan LGBT Community Centers Network. Uh, so Dave yeah. Garcia at Affirmations and I co-lead that group that we founded two years ago. And, um, you know, get together, we, we connect all of the LGBT centers in Michigan. And, and that has now grown to be such a big network of people who, um, you know, want to stay in touch with what's going on uh, you know, we, we have everybody represented on that call from uh, the centers, from uh, HRC, from the ACLU, to the FBI and the governor's office. We have representatives wow. that we meet with every two months to make sure that our community is safe, that we're getting the resources that we need. And um, it's, a, it's incredible to see how much that's grown and how we were able to play such an active part in it because we made the decision to keep growing. You know, and that's so wonderful, too, because there is no one size fits all. It's just like to say Michigan. Michigan, you know, is not just Detroit. It's not just the Motor City. It's not just Southeast Michigan. And, like, there are people that there's an industrial part of Michigan, there's a rural part of Michigan, there's a UP. And just like, (coughs) excuse me, the state itself is that diverse we as LGBTQ people are that diverse, and we are everywhere. You know, you're going to find someone who is that worker at a Ford plant in Dearborn and who's maybe involved in, in farming outside of Kalamazoo and, you know, who's worked with Dow Industries in the Saginaw Bay. We are that diverse, and to have us connecting I mean, I am just so proud of you. To have us connecting like that, it only makes us stronger because how often do we hear of people who say, like, okay, I'm going to go here, and what if I have a problem? Who do I reach out to? And I've seen it in action. I had a friend who was from southeast Michigan, a member of a trans community, was outside of Kalamazoo, and at first it was like, you know, they, they wanted to be closeted because they didn't know anybody, but then to be able to connect them. And that was right after Dave Garcia had first come here. 
and he was still involved with the Kalamazoo Center, and he called them. But just think, wow, we've got this whole network, not only across Michigan, but, you know, regionally, you know, because we do see people who leave Illinois and come here or vice versa. That is Mm -hmm. just like, did you envision it being this big in your role being this big when you when you said, hey, you know, I just organize this stuff. Oh boy, I I did not know in 2016 that that you know three years later I'd be tapped to uh, you know come into this this role that I'm in now. Uh, at the time, what I was really passionate about and, and kind of where my career started in the maritime industry, I was a marketing director for an organization. We also produced a, a huge maritime festival uh, called Tall Ship Celebration here in Bay City. Mm. And I, I was very fortunate to get to do three of those events. I mean, you know, these are festivals with upwards of 60,000 people, you know, a million dollar budget, um, you know, just just incredible economic drivers in our region. And I was very fortunate to get to do all of that. And I wanted to just help this organization grow their pride festival. <laughs> so, so that's why I started volunteering was, you know, as soon as they heard what I did professionally, they said, you know, we just took over Pride Festival this year, and you sound like you know what you're talking about. Will you do it for us? And um, and with the help of some great volunteers and stuff, uh, you know, I came in and I became the coordinator and, and started doing that. And that was really um, to the extent that I wanted or that I anticipated kind of taking my involvement with the organization and then as time went on and I started getting involved in the strategic planning and, and sitting on the board and taking on a lot of other roles as an executive team member and, and stuff over the, the next couple of years, it really, you know, set me up to be in a position to take on this next role and help the organization grow. And I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that, um, you know, until the next step in my in my professional and personal journey, you know, wherever that may take me. Um, you know, but until then I'll I'm gonna keep growing this to as as much as I can. You know, pride, you drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I did. I definitely did. Yeah. And it's because it's because of so many great people that I've gotten to meet along the way, yourself included. Um, I'll always remember when you were our keynote speaker at the at the banquet, and um, just how how great it was to get to know you personally and and hang out afterwards and and continue to stay in touch over the last few years, and and that goes for all of you know my colleagues at the the state level, you know other organizations that are working the the Dave Garcias at Affirmations and. Um, Jerry Peterson, before he uh, left Ruth Ellis Center, was a great um, confidant, and, and Curtis at LGBT Detroit, and just so many wonderful people that um, welcomed me in, and we built this, this great network as a result of that. Uh-huh. That is, it is just amazing. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to talk a little bit more about the organization and then the upcoming Pride. So we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. And we're back here with Scott Ellis, the executive director of the Great Lakes Bay Pride. I mean, you know, I am 
sending you virtual hugs because having been someone who's, as they say, drank that Kool-Aid, been down that ra- um, that rabbit hole, it is, you know, like it's not something that you think of doing, but how great to also to hear that you had this background in doing it. And you know what? We, again, you know, we are really diverse in our community. We have a lot of skill sets that you can separate, bring that skill set to an organization, you're fulfilled in doing what you did, you do, but you're also showing people, you know, like, hey, we can do this stuff. You can be there. I know that um, there's a lot of great volunteers. How do you keep your volunteers engaged? And how is Great Lakes Bay Pride? I know you do a lot of things. Um, but how are you helping people recognize that, you know, the area maybe you left yeah, because you were concerned about, you know, <coughs> excuse me, being out and being visible. But now, because of Great Lakes Bay Pride, what you're doing that, hey, you know, take another look at Saginaw. Take another look at the Bay Area. You know, think about coming back and, and being a part of this community. How has that mm-hmm. blossomed under this new banner? There are a couple of things that, that I'm working on and our organization's working on. As part of our strategic plan from a few years ago, one of the key areas that we recognized needed more assistance was connecting people to resources. So if you're in the LGBT community or even an ally here in our region and you want to make sure that you're, maybe you need a healthcare provider or you need um, basic services for your home, you know, an electrician, a plumber, uh, maybe a car repair, a coffee shop or a restaurant, really any sort of service. Um, we recognize that it, it's sometimes hard to identify those places that are welcoming and, and that you feel safe welcoming into your home, you know, that is, that's your kind of you know, everyday safe place. And you don't know how somebody's going to react to seeing mm-hmm. your your wedding photos on the wall of you, you know, married to, uh, you know, somebody of the same sex or, you know, if you have the rainbow flag somewhere or whatever it may be, any indication of, you know, who you are, how you identify. You don't know if that person is um, necessarily accepting of that. And so, you know, we recognized that that was an issue. We said what we're going to do to address that is launch an online directory system of welcoming and inclusive businesses and service providers. So that system's been under development. We received two grants actually from uh, some of our faith-based partners, the St. John's Episcopal Church of Midland and the Episcopal Diocese of Eastern Michigan, as well as Dow. Uh, have completely funded that development of that system, and we're looking forward to launching it later this year. So businesses that get a listing on there will go through a series of uh, vetting questions, you know, to certify that they are, you know, that they say they're welcoming and inclusive. And mm-hmm. um, and then we'll build out that listing so people who are looking for those resources have a place to go. And we're really looking forward to launching that later this year. The other piece um, that I think we have to talk about when we talk about, you know, attracting, at the economic development level, we're always talking about attraction and retention of talent. And I think uh, I'm very passionate, especially about the retention of talent. I think that as our organization grows and we make it very visible that, you know, hey, we are working on creating these inclusive communities in the Great Lakes Bay region that's really going to help us retain some of that talent that we need to keep in the area. And and hopefully it attracts, whether it be new talent or attracts returning talent who may have left the region because they didn't believe that it was a welcoming and inclusive space. So all signs point to, you know, diversity and inclusion are good business. There's a lot of money behind the LGBTQ community 
as far as buying power goes. And so when we make decisions about what businesses to uh, utilize for services or where to go out to eat uh, or, or, you know, any, any sort of aspect of figuring out who you're going to transact with, um, there's a huge buying power that comes with the LGBT community. So plain and simple, diversity and inclusion is a great practice for business. It's essential. The other point I want to make about um, our region, and hopefully point, some signs pointing to this, you know, interest in becoming more welcoming and inclusive and, and diverse and equitable, this year for the very first time, all four major cities in our region, so that would be Bay City, Saginaw, Midland, and Mount Pleasant, all four city commissions issued Pride Month proclamations for the first time yeah. ever this year. We, in the past, we've gotten one or two. Uh, this year, all four presented those. And so, you know, that's at the city level. We have many cities in our counties, but those are the four big ones. And so we're going to keep building on that momentum, not only at the city level, but bringing it up to the county level and, and getting into more of those rural communities where we know that, um, you know, discrimination tends to be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that especially like <laughs> I have friends who, who live in a rural area, and that's why they were saying like particularly with the, the past political climate, which is part of it is still carrying over, but, you know, like they have sort of lived quietly. But then at one point in time, you know, I mean, after we had the, a period of where everyone was happy to be proud and they were able to get married and all like that. And they had someone who was coming to do some work for them who had done it for a long time and who basically told them, you know, y'all might want to tone it down because you are going to need help. And I don't know if everyone here would come and help you out. And, you know, how important Mm -hmm. it is to be able to go to a source and go like, hey, well, you know what? Maybe I might call you to do plumbing and you don't sound receptive, but here's someone who's more than happy to take my money and come and do the work. How does your relationship mm-hmm. with, I mean, I have met some really, uh, at one point in time when I was in, involved with HRC, we had a really amazing band of young activists who went to Central Michigan University. And, like, you talk about keeping talent in the area. When they graduated, I mean, they that was seen anywhere in that area, even, like, you know, coming to Segment, was not on their, their radar. It was like, okay, got it. We had a great group. We were here. But, hey, we're out. And I know one's in California. Some are down here. Some are. Do you have an interaction mm-hmm. with Central Michigan and with youth? So... We do, there are a couple things I want to point or bring up, you know, to what you just said because I, I that was my same experience at Saginaw Valley. There mm-hmm. was and I and I talk about this a lot. I probably said it in front of people who didn't really want to hear it, but you know when I was there, I distinctly remember, especially as you get into you know your third or fourth year in my case, fifth year, um, you know, pursuing your degree, there really is a an attitude of you come here to get your degree and then you get out. Mm. That's that is the the pipeline. And I and I have to imagine that it's even more prevalent at a university like Central Michigan where the the community is built around the university. I mean there is not a lot of um, other things going on around it. You know, they they are not as big as Bay City or Saginaw or, or even Midland. So, you know, the the attitude of get your degree, get out, is something that I took issue with when I was there. And and myself and a number of friends who who had gone through you know their their college years together, many of them left. They they went somewhere else in the country. They went to the metro areas, uh, but there were there were groups of people who made the really conscious decision to stay, and I was one of those people because 
this area now to me of course coming from where i came from uh you know this is the big city (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know so so for me this this was a metro area but Mm -hmm. but over my years here i fell in love with this region i mean i i can not get over how much there is to do um especially in the summertime and you have you know bay city saginaw midland all within a 20 minute drive of each other and and mount pleasant is only about 45 minutes away and so to to have access to all of these different things and be in this area that still it feels small enough to feel like home but you have so many opportunities and things to do and and great people and and it's, I just fell in love with this area. So I'm a huge advocate for the Great Lakes Bay region um, and talk about it all the time. So, um, you know, but we had to make that decision to stay here. That was the thing. It, it's not something that's really instilled in those at the university. And so I'm going to continue working on on making sure that we are talking about the great things that can happen here and, and the possibility, um, you know, to, to really grow personally, professionally, and, you know, help build up our region. We do have um, the beginnings of youth engagement. I'd say that's an area that the organization has lacked um, over the years, just, again, because of capacity. We didn't, have a, we didn't have a single employee until I started in October of 2019. And five months later, the world shut down. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been... I've been two years, uh, just over two years now, of just figuring out, you know, kind of which way is up, trying to get things uh, stable and and moving forward with the organization, but also having to deal with the challenges that we faced during the pandemic. And I'm I'm very proud to say that our organization came out of that um, in a a really great place. We, We learned a lot. We grew. We didn't stop. That was the thing. I'm I'm proud of this. I'm exhausted because of this, but I am proud. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am proud that throughout the pandemic, we never said we're just not doing something or we're just we're giving up. We hit the gas pedal and and just kept going forward. And you know, it 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 was definitely. Um, so like I said, exhausting for me, especially, but it was so essential because we we're coming out of the pandemic in a strong position and we're able to keep moving forward because of all that we've done over the past two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, it is, it's just, and that's a good thing, you know, like even though that, that it is so important and you continued and you, and you know, it's like, okay, well, hey, this is it. We have been living, you know, when you live under the the cloak and the, of discrimination, you know, you don't give up. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a pandemic, okay? But, but we've been living under people hating us, so we're going to carry on, you know? We're going to carry mm-hmm. on. What other pro- what programs do you currently have that, I mean, you already talked about the, the directory for businesses, but what programs are you currently currently have and are you looking to build upon or develop in the future yes we have the uh probably longest running program of this organization is actually our friday night dinners which is a very casual program and that's honestly been happening longer than the organization existed i mean this was happening um you know we were incorporated in 2002 this was probably happening back in the all the way to the early 90s, I'd, I'd venture. Um, every Friday night, there's, you know, a group of people that gets together somewhere in the region for dinner. And this has been going on for so long, our longest running program by far. And um, that program is still going. And despite kind of taking a break for about a year and a half or so during the pandemic, we we came back and it's been getting bigger than ever. We're having, we're facing challenges sometimes with reservation, with restaurants that will take a reservation for the group on a Friday night. That's hard to come by. And sometimes we get upwards of 18 to 20 people 
who are coming out for a dinner on any given Friday. So that's a big group for a restaurant to accommodate <laughs> on a Friday night. So we, we have some great partners in the region that have been doing that. I have a wonderful volunteer, Tom, who um, has been coordinating those for me since we, since we came back from the pandemic. Um, and so that program is still going on and still super popular. And it's one of the lowest, um, lowest risk activities to really be involved with to get to know Great Lakes Bay Pride. It's everything's on your own. You just have to RSVP. You show up and you have dinner with a group of people. Um, it's very casual. And, you know, it's, it's a, for a lot of people, it's an introduction to the organization and an introduction to the LGBT community in the region because everybody's just, you know, very casual, hanging out, going to dinner, has a big group of friends. So that program is ongoing. Of course, we have our transgender support group that meets every month. Uh, we resumed in-person meetings last summer, and that has continued to grow and get bigger. We have anywhere from 14 to 18 uh, participants every month for that. And then our Harmony Diversity Choir, which is our all-inclusive choir that uh, performs throughout the region, they have been back in the rehearsal room Last summer, we actually performed the national anthem for the opening ceremonies of the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational Golf Tournament in Midland, and then wow. um, took a break for a little bit. And then this spring, they've already performed at least one or two concerts, as well as the national anthem at the Saginaw Spirit Hockey Game, at the Great Lakes Loons Baseball Game earlier this month and um, will again be performing at our Pride Festival in two weeks. Wow. I mean, <laughs> and, and you're just, it's just you and volunteers, right? Yes. I did. I was very fortunate <laughs> to be able to hire an intern. I do have an intern now. And um, they are, uh, we're splitting time, actually. He's part-time working for Great Lakes Bay Pride and part-time working for the Office of Institutional Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion at Central Michigan. So um, he'll be a senior at Central this fall. And so our, both of our offices are, are splitting his time and uh, really excited to bring, you know, even, even just part-time, but to be able to bring somebody else on and, and increase our capacity a little bit is wonderful. That is. That's great. So we're going to take our second break, and then we're going to talk about one of my favorite events, Pride. So we'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. back here with Scott Ellis. Scott, I'm going to tell you, people will think that, you know, people say, aren't you prided out? Because I did, I started out with Ferndale Pride and Motor City Pride. Um, this weekend, I'm going to Princeton for New Jersey for Princeton Pride. Then I'm coming back for something I'm really looking forward to it. The Great Lakes Bay Pride. Up, I mean, Tell us about it. I mean, I can just imagine it's such a beautiful space. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, to seeing my my friends and family up there in the Great Lakes Bay Pride area. But tell us what we're going to see at Great Lakes Bay Pride on June 25th. Well, our theme for this year is we're back. Uh, we have been celebrating Pride at home for the last two years. So this is our first live Great Lakes Bay Pride Festival since 2019. And 
I am, am so excited. I know our planning committee is excited, our board, our volunteers, and our community are thrilled to have this event come back in person on uh, Saturday, June 25th. We, uh, you mentioned earlier the location. We are at Winona Park, which is in downtown Bay City. And I have to say, I am biased, but, but uh, aside from, I'd say, Motor City Pride, we are so fortunate to have a, a spot in a beautiful park on the river uh, you know, the the view really is great. I mean, and and not a lot of other events can um, compete with with just the the view and the the nice high quality of our park and having a river riverfront park and things like that. So we're excited to be back at Winona Park, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, June 25th. We have retail and resource vendors. I have not even counted them recently. I have a one of our wonderful volunteers is, is coordinating that. But I think we're at about 60. That's six zero retail and resource vendors uh, wow. for the festival this year. And that, that has already exceeded 2019, which was our largest festival to date. We had about 50. So we've already, we've already blown past that record. And, um, I think another big thing I remember from 2019 is we had like 22 or 24 sponsors. Well, this year we've got 29. So we've, uh. we've blown past that record also. <laughs> so uh, by all accounts, you know, we're gearing up for this to be uh, another record-breaking year. In 2019, we estimated about 2,000 attendees throughout the day. And it, it's incredibly hard to estimate how many people will attend. Uh, because our event is free, it's open to everyone. We don't have tickets or anything that we're selling in advance, so we don't always know who's who's going to show up or how many. But the other kind of key indicators uh, from the 2019 event, our last time we did this in person, it's indicating that we're on par or exceeding, you know, what what we had planned for 2019. In addition to those retail and resource vendors. We will have uh, live entertainment on our stage featuring local musicians, so either local to the Great Lakes Bay region or at least local to Michigan. Um, we, of course, will have the Harmony Diversity Choir performing, and um, I, I tentatively, I'm not, I'm not saying this very loud, but I'm excited <laughs> to share with you, uh, we should be uh, receiving a special visit from Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. Uh, so I'm very excited to welcome uh, the Lieutenant Governor to our festival and, um, you know, looking forward to that. We also have a wonderful children's area that is coordinated by and run by our friends at Dow Glad, their employee resource group. And they have about, I think, four different STEM activities for the kids. Um, in that, in the children's tent also, we'll have Studio 23, our local art center in Bay City. They'll be doing craft with the kids. And also the Marshall M. Frederick Sculpture Museum at Saginaw Valley State University will have an activity for the kids in there as well. So that is always a wildly popular area at our festival. We have, a, we have a, an amazing number of children for an LGBTQ-specific event. Um, but it shows how much our ally community comes out and, mm -hmm. and supports us and how many of our community members are raising children, which, mm -hmm. you know, which is more than most people think. So, you know, we, we love putting energy and effort into the children's area because it is just so popular and well done. And um, I'm really grateful for our friends at, at Dow Glad who make that happen. Another area that I want to highlight is something I introduced in 2019, and it's our health screening area. So we partnered with Great Lakes Bay Health Centers, which is our regional uh, federally funded uh, community health center. And they are incredible partners of ours. We work with them constantly. And we teamed up again this year to offer a free on-site health screening area where they'll be distributing information about their behavioral health unit and how to access resources. They'll be doing blood pressure checks uh, weight checks, we can do 
um, HIV testing, uh, PrEP referrals. You'll be able to get a COVID vaccine or booster. Um, they'll be handing out Narcan kits, uh, mm. educating about substance abuse disorders. Um, I mean, I, they, I can't even remember all of the things they're doing because when we met, they just had so many things they were doing. Uh, but but it's incredible. It's a a one-stop shop for somebody who wants to just get some of this basic, you know, health information. Maybe they haven't been to a doctor in forever. Maybe they don't have mm-hmm. health insurance, which, hello, we know that mm-hmm. isn't, you know, that, that is something that our community lacks access to sometimes. And so, you know, for anybody who, who needs a, a brief checkup, they need to learn more about the services that are offered through our, our local federal health center um, and that they can access, you know, at, at, you know, without insurance, this is the place to come because you can get a, a little checkup. You can get information about, you know, how to access services at Great Lakes Bay Health Centers. And it's just really an incredible service that they're providing to our community and to the festival. So I'm, I'm thrilled for that area to be, to have grown the way that it has. You know, I and think so that really is our festival. <laughs> I think it's really great, especially, I mean, you know, because last year, and it was in October, it was a little cool. I'm expecting warmer weather by the water from you guys, but I went to the first um, Macomb Pride, and they had areas for kids. And like you said, it was so cool to see not only you know, our families bringing our kids. You saw allies with their kids, but you saw some kids. I mean, we're talking, and we know that more and more of our children are coming out earlier, but you saw kids who were there who identified as being part of the community. And it was just like, and you know what? And they were all in this kids section being kids. And it was beautiful. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I can can just imagine your excitement of doing that. And you know what? And that helps us break down the barriers because we always know there's going to be one or two people who are going to ease through pride just to try and figure out what's the deal. But when we, they see us in our entirety as families, with our families, with our kids, it helps them think about things differently. Is there going to be a Friday night dinner before Pride? There is. That one is going to be at, oh, I have to think for a minute. Uh Um, For most measures, most of the time. Let me see here. You know, I just sent out an email earlier today. So the 24th, we are at Forbidden City which is uh-huh. on Bay Road in Saginaw. Uh-huh. And so, yep, we'll be have a Friday night dinner the day, night before. And then the festival from 11 to 6 again on June 25th. And I also want to highlight that same evening, June 25th, that's a, it's the longest day of the year for me. Um, <laughs> but we, we, host, we host our giant after-party drag show at the Dow Event Center in downtown Saginaw. So uh-huh. our, our full, you know, day of festival happens in two different cities. We do the festival during the daytime in Bay City, and then we move to downtown Saginaw to the Dow Event Center for the After Party Drag Show. This is an incredible show. We have about nine or ten uh, kings and queens performing this year. And uh, in 2019, the last time I did this event, we had 550 people attending. After party. Wow. So it, it was huge. Now, I don't know that we're going to hit those numbers this year. I'm hoping we're more in the 350 to 400 range. Um, it's a little more comfortable. But, um, you know, everybody's welcome, and tickets are available either online um, or at the door. And it's it's just a really fantastic time. And so, you know, we have fun at the festival all day, and then we can kind of relax and unwind with an incredible show in the evening. Um you know, to to wrap up the day. You know, each pride, what I love about each pride is different. You know, it's just like really different. 
And I mean, I don't, I mean, even with gas prices, I'm trying to hit as many prides as I can. And I love that they're going later in the year because each one is different and it reflects the community around them. If you were doing your elevator pitch as to why someone, and you know what? It's just a short, hot skip and a jump. If you went to Motor City, you can make it up there. Okay, but what Mm -hmm. is is unique and what can you tell people in their experience that they're going to walk away going like, wow, that Great Lakes area. Wow, that Great Lakes Bay area. Wow, I didn't know that about them. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. I think what people walked away from the 2019 festival saying was, we can't believe there are this many you know, welcoming, inclusive people and diverse community members in our region who are all coming to this this central place uh, to just enjoy each other's company and have fun. And then we, you know, if you look at all of the programs we're doing throughout the month, we have we have stuff happening in all of the areas of our region throughout mm-hmm. the month. I just counted yesterday. I have 15 public events on my calendar for June. That's okay. just what we're doing, which which tra- roughly translates to an event every other day for an entire month. Wow, is happening here <laughs> in this region. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a lot of stuff to do just for this organization, and that's not even touching on all of our all of our partners and all of our you know other other events and and programs in the region. And so I hope that everybody walks away from this saying, wow, we really have a different view of this area. We, we know that it's, it is definitely working towards becoming a more welcoming and inclusive area. There are people like me here. And, and it's also just a beautiful place to be. And so, you know, if you want to get away up north or something, uh, you don't have to cross by Bay City to get up north, you know, from Detroit. <laughs> You can hop on the highway for an hour and a half and uh, come visit us up here in the Great Lakes Bay region. You know, um, I, I have to ask because this is an important year, and we know that many of our liberties, you know, everything from Roe versus Wade to marriage equality are under attack. I noticed that um, working for our government is a sagging our governor is a Saginaw native who's now down here, mm-hmm. down here in Southeast Michigan, Ron Owens. And you're going to have Garland Gilchrist come up. How important is it, you know, during this year that we show up and show our pride as people are making decisions <clears throat> and, and to end? Yeah. You know, I often tell people, you know, sometimes just be showing up and being ourselves, we move hearts and minds. How important do you think that in this electoral year is it that we show up and move those hearts and minds? It's essential that we show up at these events and, you know, participate in programming with organizations like Great Lakes Bay Pride, like so many other LGBT centers in the state. It is absolutely imperative that we show up at the polls. Mm-hmm. That is what needs to happen this year. More than, I, I know we say every election is the most important election ever because they continue to build on the last one um, to become more important than ever. As our opposition or, or those who don't, you know, who are not pro equality uh, politicians or elected officials, as they continue to rise in power, we have to rise higher with our our pro-equality candidates. We've got a campaign going on at the state level called Hate Won't Win, um, organized through Equality Michigan. That's going to be taking off, you know, all all season leading up to the general election in November. Um, here in our region, we've seen some drastic changes due to redistricting. We have a brand new Senate district that has never had a had a senator yet um, at the state level because of it, it was just redistrict. So um, we have to, you know, make sure that we're we're understanding candidate positions and 
we're, you know, if that's an important issue, which, you know, it, personally for me it is, um, to know that a candidate is, is pro-equality and is going to continue to fight for our LGBTQ plus community. We saw an example of this just recently, and, and this is another reason why, you know, the highest elected offices in our state are, are also essential. With Governor Whitmer, um, you know, there's always been a standing promise to, you know, veto any legislation or, you know, line item veto any budget that are, are doing damage to our LGBTQ community. And we saw an example of that just a few weeks ago when the education budget came out with a, with a line uh, provision about uh, basically banning transgender youth from participating in sports based on their gender identity. And, you know, thankfully, we have a governor who, who made the commitment to line item veto those things. And, uh, and so we're seeing it happen in our, in our House and Senate here in Michigan. They are slipping these things into bills um, trying to restrict LGBTQ community members. So right now we have protection there, um, and it's important that we maintain protection uh, for, for our community. Well, Scott, I want to thank you. I mean, I want to thank you for all the work that you do. I want to thank you for helping Great Lakes Bay Area Pride grow because living here in Michigan, because of the different prides that I go to, that not only do I say that, you know, hey, I'm black, I'm LGBTQ, but I am a proud Michigander because I can go to these places and see that I've got my community all over the state. And that really fills my heart, fills my soul. It's great to see you. I mean, here you were in Ferndale, I'm like, ah! you know, it was great to see you. I am looking forward to getting up there. It's been too long, you know, for me to have been up there. And, you know, I'll give you one of those air hugs and elbow. Whatever we need to do, we're going to do. Oh, that is a question that I, before I leave, that I have asked everyone at the Pride. There are people who are concerned about, you know, COVID. It's still here. What are mm -hmm. you asking? So our um, daytime event is, is completely outdoors, and so we're not requiring masks or anything like that. Um, we will have information, of course, about uh, the COVID vaccine at our health screening area. And I would encourage everyone who's planning to attend the after party, which is an indoor venue, to, um, you know, consider their own personal wishes. If you wish to wear a mask, of course, you're welcome to. And um, if, if not, uh, you know, I encourage everyone to be vaccinated. We're not requiring it, but it is something that we encourage. And, uh, you know, those are, those are pretty readily accessible, you know, across the state. So if you have any questions or anything about it, reach out to your local LGBT organization because I guarantee we know how to get you in touch with the right uh, folks to get that vaccination. And will you have, like, hand sanitizing stations throughout or? Should people plan um, on bringing? I would, I would bring your own. We may have some um, as giveaway items at different vendor tables. Our park mm -hmm. has uh, permanent restrooms, so we don't use porta, porta potties. We have mm -hmm. actual restrooms with, with uh, sinks and water and all of that. So. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, I'll, I will be there. <laughs> You know, I will be there. I think that yours is my last one in Michigan, and then I think the following weekend I'm going to Chicago. But, you know, hey, happy pride. You know, this is who we are. This is what we do. And, you know, Scott, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see you. Okay. All right. Well, you have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I want to thank my guest, Scott Ellis. He began as a volunteer just wanting to help organize events in the Great Lakes Bay Area. 
Today, he is the executive director of the Great Lakes Bay Pride. Ellis brings his background in business and communications to the organization to develop its programming. He also produces the Great Lakes Region Pride Festival Celebration, which is being held this year on June 25th. It's the organization's 20th anniversary. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.